My name is Romy Payne, and I am a student at Vanderbilt University in Professor Bruff's Cryptography Writing Seminar. I hope you enjoy my podcast, Cryptography, Philosophy, and Gibberish. River Run, past eaves and atoms, from swerve of short to bend of bay, brings us by a commodious vicus of recirculation back to Houth Castle and environs. Sir Tristram, Firewood of the Moors, Frover the Short Sea, have passing corps re-arrived from North America on the side of the scraggy isthmus of Europe Minor to wield or fight his penisolate war. Nor had Top Sawyer's rocks by stream Ockany exaggerated themselves to Lawrence counties, Gorgias while they went doubling their mumper all the time. This passage is from a book called Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. Joyce was born in Dublin, Ireland in 1882. In college, he studied multiple languages and went on to become a very successful writer, publishing Finnegan's Wake, among other works. He lived in Zurich and then moved to Paris, where he wrote and completed Finnegan's Wake. He moved back to Zurich and then died in 1941. Joyce lived through many important events in Irish history, such as the split between Northern and Southern Ireland in 1922, as well as ongoing tensions between Catholics and Protestants on the island. Although Joyce himself was Catholic, it is entirely possible he would have heard of the persecution that the Southern Irish Protestants experienced, which also may have influenced his writings. Finnegan's Wake is divided into four books, each with 17 chapters. The book very loosely follows the story of a man, his wife, and their three children who are involved in a misdeed. It is argued that the characters represent the River Liffey, which flows through Dublin, and in turn encompass Irish history. Critics have called Finnegan's Wake too cryptic to relate to which is understandable, as Joyce's attempt in the book to recreate the experience of sleep and dreams is confusing for many. The text in the book consists mostly of puns, lyrical language, literary allusions, and use of multiple languages, sometimes even in the same word. It is understandable why so many people find great difficulty extracting any form of meaning from this book. Author Derek Attridge uses the word portmanteau to describe the language of the book. Portmanteau means the fusing together of two or more words in the same or different languages. This interesting writing style has caused many to attempt to detect elements of cryptography within the book. In an article by Hugh B. Staples, it is argued that Joyce enciphered his book with anagrams, which is the rearrangement of letters in a word. In the sentence, All the vital mind is beginning to sozzle in tune and the harmonies to Klingle Klingle, Fudgum Kate and Eeps and Nabuk and Eric and Oinos and on Klinghood. The English words are actually peas, onions, and cries, to name a few. Staples also argues that if Joyce was going to use any type of cipher in his book, it must be a concealment cipher, 
because although the text may not be entirely legible, at least one form of known language can be extracted from every passage or sentence. The most probable type of concealment cipher that Joyce would have used would have been a Baconian bilateral cipher, which normally involves using different text fonts to represent cipher text. A bilateral cipher means that the different text fonts would represent one of two symbols, which would then be converted to typical plain text English language. However, Staples argues that Joyce might have used an even number of letters in a word to represent one symbol and an odd number of letters to represent the other. Finally, Staples mentions multiple times where cryptographers Francis Beaufort and Lion Playfair were mentioned in Finnegan's Wake. But then, he writes that there could be the horrid notion that Joyce inserted a fake cryptogram into Finnegan's Wake as a mean practical joke. Hmm, could it be? Could it be that all the time these authors spent analyzing passages of Finnegan's Wake pouring over literary analyses was for nothing because they were simply trying to find patterns that didn't exist? This begins our segment discussing the philosophy of cryptography. In order to do so, we must first define both the cryptographer and the cryptanalyst, the two main players in the act of cryptography. We can define the cryptographer as one who desires a secret to be kept and puts a message or some form of meaningful communication and makes it appear like nonsense. The cryptanalyst does not accept that that information may be inaccessible and seeks ways to extract knowledge by locating patterns within the text such as using frequency analysis, identifying clusters of repeated letters, etc. In a way, you could compare English scholars who read Joyce to cryptanalysts because they both take something seemingly nonsensical and try to extract meaning from it. It's clear that Finnegan's Wake doesn't really conform to the standards of English language, and so cryptanalysts, or English scholars, try to put it into the mold of code or ciphertext to see if there was some intent in Joyce's stream-of-consciousness-style writing. Of course, when analyzing the text, one would have to assume that there was intent in Joyce's writings. But the question is, was there? Why are humans so keen to make everything follow a course of logic, like we do with cryptography? Why can't we accept that maybe sometimes there is no pattern to something? One of the major limitations cryptanalysts face is that sometimes they see what they want to see. If you work hard enough to identify some form of pattern, chances are you'll create one even if there was none to begin with. Obviously, Joyce isn't around to tell us what he really was trying to do with Finnegan's Wake, so the best we have are these educated guesses that scholars have been making. 
The irony of the situation is that the longer they pursue the search for these hidden messages, the more certain they become that these cryptograms exist. Just like it takes a significant amount of patience to put yourself through reading Finnegan's Wake, cryptanalysts must have a lot of patience when trying to discover hidden patterns or ciphertext amongst a mess of letters and symbols. A quote by Michael Shermer reads, Humans are pattern-seeking, storytelling animals, and we are quite adept at telling stories about patterns, whether they exist or not. Why do randomness and human nature simply not get along? It is questions like these that really delve into the philosophy of cryptography, as the basic tenets of this art assume that there is some logical explanation behind everything. Think about the things you encounter on a daily basis. Think about the musical sequences in that pop song you listen to on the radio, the spirals and the pine cones that grow in that tree in your backyard, there's patterns everywhere, but you would drive yourself crazy trying to find every little hidden message that nature has to offer. So maybe that's what Joyce was trying to tell us, that we can find or convince ourselves that we find little snippets of meaning here and there in the paragraphs that we look at, but we'll never be able to understand Finnegan's Wake as an entirety. At some point, the crypt analysts are just going to have to accept that there's always going to be some information that's inaccessible to them. So now, my faithful listeners, I'm going to ask you to decide for yourself. Do you think that Finnegan's Wake is really just a collection of nonsensical words that form some sort of dreamlike story? Or are they cryptograms? And Finnegan's Wake has some secret meaning that someone has yet to discover?